Oh, wow. Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. I'm your host, Brent Young, and like always, joined by my good friends, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Aaron, Chad, how are we? Doing well, man. Doing well. Got to be out at camp again on Sunday. So just getting to see all these uh, all these kids on campus. It's It's been a lot of fun. Chad, how I've are been you? better. Yes. But, you know, such is life. We'll get through it. We always do. But other than that, I'm good. Excited to uh, be sitting here with you boys and, and our good friend Brady tonight. That's the best thing about you, Chad. You keep chugging along no matter the circumstance. So, of course, always thoughts and prayers out to you, Chad. And uh, great to have you back on the pod. That is a great how are we. But, of course, we missed him last week. It was understood. But that just means he's coming back with twice the force, twice the enthusiasm. That is right. The man, the myth, the legend. We call him our good friend. But to everyone else, he could be your friend too. But it's none other than Brady Collins. Brady, how are we? Doing great, boys. How are we all doing? Oh, living, man. Living. Brady. Only way. Only way. Brady, I, I sorry to interrupt you, but there's one big thing that we have to bring up right off the bat. And, and I can't even hide this. I'm, I'm not going to bury the lead because it was broke here on the BBP about a month ago about this special barn. And at the time, it was, it was somewhat mythical. It was as if you were speaking of something that you dreamt about, you know, some, some nice big barn on the, on the Luke Fickle estate, but it is real life. You have been able to be there. The 2021 class has now been able to be there. Ahmad Sauce Gardner has not been there, but I'm sure that'll <laughs> change soon. Brady, I have to ask, you broke it here that it existed. Now tell us about it. Tell us about the barn. It's very much like the field of dreams. If you build it, he will come. And uh, <laughs> it is, uh, it's awesome. I mean, it really is, um, you know, just such a neat addition to already a, an amazing house and set up, um, you know, for all the, the fickle kids. And then, you know, just as many get togethers as he, you know, likes to have with staff and obviously our players. And again, now that, you know, the pandemic and all that stuff, so we can kind of get back to doing what it is we love to do. And that's have your guys over, have the team over, staff, just get together, hang out, swim. And now you got this world-class barn with uh, a volleyball, basketball court inside. You could throw some wrestling mats down, which they're in there to uh, have a little, you know, wrestling session. It's got a nice fire pit. And then it opens up to the outdoor basketball uh, court. It's just, it's beautiful. It's really cool. Um, you know, big ceilings, big fans, and uh, it was it was awesome. It was a great uh, great time. Now, does he actually have the parking accommodations to host a large event at the barn, or is he going to be tearing up the lawn with all the company coming? Or, or do you have to take shuttles to get to and from the barn? There's no way Amy's letting that yard get torn up by cars. Zero chance. Well, I'll say this. I know for sure that no yards will be getting torn up now because <laughs> Doug Phillips, you know, love him. Which is Youngstown State. He is, uh, he is now obviously not around. So, you know, he was the, the, the one that would always drive through the yard, maybe take out a bush here and there. Uh, <laughs> but there's plenty of parking along the, uh, the street and along the main um, road that leads up to his house. So um, there's all kinds of room. Well, 
obviously we keep mentioning the barn, but the reason why it's, it's such a prominent topic at the moment is because the 2021 class has officially arrived. Not only the early enrollees who really put their stamp on spring practice, but just the rest of everyone. And I, I want first, because we're going to dive in kind of name by name somewhat and kind of get your, your nitty gritty about them. But I just want at first the overall thought of the class, because this is, this is a class that comes in, seems as if it's going to fill a lot of holes, seems as if it's going to have depth, really, a lot of just high talent players. Kind of what was your overall thought of the class when you were able to see them not only at the barn, but of course the first workout today? Uh, I think just in general, just their, their bodies. Um, they really stood out to me. And again, in a unique year where a lot of these guys didn't get to come to campus and visit and didn't have all those meetings with coaches and, you know, the one-on-one presentations with us, it was all Zoom and, you know, going off of, you know, what we pride our entire program on, which is relationships with ultimately, that's what it really boils down to. And, uh, but just the bodies, man, I mean, you talk about some size and length and athleticism, um, Again, no doubt the first thing that stands out is the D-line just because, you know, we're a very older, senior, you know, driven D-line and a lot of guys that have played a lot of ball. And then, uh, you know, to get some guys that look the way they do right now, and obviously they just need some fine-tuning, which we will definitely take care of. But um, just overall really impressed. I mean, they were like every group of freshmen that we've had in our time here and that I've ever been around there excited they're nervous they're you know eager um but um it's going to be a fun little project getting those guys to you know live up to the standard that the older guys have set within that locker room now i imagine when you were hanging out at the barn there was probably some food going around and how, how hard is it to watch you watch these kids who you haven't gotten to get your hands on yet you know just eat whatever it is that they want to eat right now as you're like oh maybe not that <laughs> last bite of cake Ah, uh, you know, it's all good. It's like I was telling all their fam- family and parents and uh, even some of them themselves say, hey, you know, enjoy this little weekend because Monday it's on. And, you know, it's a slow cook process. We're not throwing them into the fire right away. Uh, we'll slowly build it up and, you know, crank up the music each day. And like I told them, we, we feed off you guys. The more receptive you are, the more you take to coaching, the the more you lock in and, you know, do what you need to do, the more we'll push it. Because, you know, we're not going to slow play it, but at the same time, we're going to do things the right way, safe way and the smart way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was obviously plenty of food for them to eat. And uh, no doubt I, I indulged myself just as much as they did. As we've learned on this podcast, you're, you're not allowed to talk about recruits until they sign. Yes. Uh, how much communication is there, like, from signing day to arrival day? How much do you get to to, to – catch up with those guys and keep them on track through the their end their through their senior year and uh right into the summer and arriving on campus yeah i mean i i try to stay in touch with them as much as possible i think one of the coolest things you know and the challenge that last year presented us was you know the ability and the opportunity to stay in touch with those guys whether it was just you know checking in on them seeing how things are going seeing if they needed any you know workout advice or this and that um i mean there's multiple guys that I would talk to about nutrition and stuff like that. And um, it's just, again, it's great. It's what every coach here and especially myself, since we've been here, it's what we pride ourselves on. I mean, I remember talking to Malik Van back in the day 
you know, just about what he's watching on Netflix and, you know, how his uh, younger brother was that played at Wittenberg and all those things. I mean, just trying to build that relationship so that when they come in, like we told the incoming class today, I mean, nobody's going to coach you better. This is the best staff in the country. I know I'm biased, whatever, but we're going to rip open our chest and give you our hearts from day one. And we're going to ask you in turn to do that. Now that's something that's not just going to be done at the flip of a switch. It's going to be built through trust and respect and over time. And um, all that we ask is, you know, keep your eyes open, ears listening and keep your mouth shut and trust me, things will go well. So I, I've got to ask you, you mentioned the defensive line prospects and, and that is definitely the one that really caught my eye. Kind of, kind of the, the juice, if you will, of this new group coming in. I, you're talking Zaqui Lawton, Rob Jackson, big Dante Corleone and Jamal Williams. I, you know, kind of just mentioned first, you know, Zaqui and, and Robert seemed like the prototypical defensive end size wise. And then I want you to talk to me a little bit about how Dante Corleone, how any high school offensive lineman could handle Dante Corleone in the trenches. First off, I saw the Godfather yesterday at yeah. camp. That is a wall of a human being. I don't yeah. understand how you move him. He is, uh, he's every bit as advertised. It was funny because, you know, I always like to just have a little fun with the guys. So today, you know, weighing them in, doing their body fat, doing all their evals. So even though we all know their names, I said, all right, when you step on the scale, yell your name out, <laughs> you know, yell it, yell it with pride, yell it loud. So guys get up there, you know, they're yelling at having fun, you know, messing with the quarterback, you know, you got to be louder, be louder. Big Dante steps up there and he just hollers, the Godfather. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> but yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's what I said initially. I mean, just the size of those three guys for sure. I mean, Rob Jackson, oof. Yes, unbelievable. I'll take those all day. But yet I still love the Majes, the projects that all of a sudden, you know, they just start growing and growing and learning and adapting and their body's changing. Um, but it really does kind of, you know, again, hats off to, to Coach Vic and the, and the staff or continue to, you know, up the level of recruiting each and every year. Um, but just great kids, I think more so than anything, just their bodies, just great kids. And Z, um, you know, got to talk with him a lot throughout this whole process and really, you know, learned a lot about him and, you know, what really makes him tick and all that stuff. He's just as advertised it extremely well today. Um, and then obviously, you know, the Godfather there, big Dante, he is, he's a bowling ball, man. I mean, it's what my staff and I, at the end of the day, we were like, man, can you imagine him just plugging the hole, setting a double team, just arms out? Like you ain't going to move him. Like, Fantastic. So, Another guy that we've heard a lot about as coming into this class is Drew Donnelly. So have you gotten to run him at all? Because everybody wants to hear about his speed as it's, you know, insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's uh, very well, you know, looks great. Um, lean, obviously um, kind of calling him, you know, the mini AP right now, but uh, you know, just a great kid, great family was fortunate to, you know, finally meet his family in person and, um, you know, you can see the correlation there. He's very well-spoken and great manners, all those things. But he was, he was as good as advertised, tested really well. Um, uh, just, you know, really excited to get my teeth into him for sure. You know, we have, talk about the three amigos a lot on, on the site. And of course, on the pod, you've got two linebackers that have come into the mix and, and just based off pictures alone, 
you have to just simply be just taken aback at, at Jack Dingle and, and Cam Jr. I, they just look football college ready. Is, is that as clear as can be? Uh, how, how are you going to be able to mold them even more when right now they look like almost a finished product in my eyes? Your eyes are much different than mine, my friend. Um, Agreed. Agreed. They definitely, they definitely look great. They really do. I mean, they're, they're and even Leroy Bowers, the other kid. I mean, they yep. got long, um, long legs. They can bend. They can move. They got twitch. Um, but you do. You can just look at them. You can see. Wow. Okay. In a couple months here, those guys are going to be twenty pounds bigger, and what that's going to look like, and how much faster they're going to be and stronger. But you know, more so than anything, it's going to be how well can they you know, live up to the standard that we have, how well can they, um, you know, learn the playbook and really just let their athleticism and overall nature of playing the game of football take over. Because like I told all the kids today, it doesn't matter the weight that you're doing. It doesn't, it never matters. And that's coming from me, the strength coach. I, I love heavy squats and benches and deadlifts and all that kind of crazy stuff, but it's never about the weight. It's the intent at which it's the effort and the attitude that you um, bring each and every day. So I think for them to realize that, um, you know, obviously they're they're just like seeds in the ground right now. I'm going to pour a crap load of water on them, and they're going to grow. Hey, I, I, back to Corleone for one second. I'm looking at this <laughs> picture from from today from the locker room. He's the size of two humans. <laughs> like there are two people in front of him occupying the same space that he's occupying. Yes, absolutely. He's like I said. He's going to be a plugger, a bowling ball. Um, you know, another guy that really stood out to me today was uh, Isaiah Cox. Um, just a really, you know, the way he warmed up, the way he was, you know, taking coaching, um, you know, just talking to him on the side. I, again, I was fortunate to sit down, eat dinner with his um, mom at uh, in the barn. And uh, just uh, you look at him and you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be the next cookie, you know, the next Hicks, like. He's every bit of six, two and a half, and he's long and lean, but you can just tell he's going to grow. And uh, was just really, really impressed with all those guys today. There were some people in his recruitment that I talked to that felt like ratings aside, ratings be damned, because ratings don't really matter anything, that he might be the most exciting defensive back in this class. So it sounds like your initial impression uh, <clears throat> might, might help back that up a little bit. Not necessarily that he's the best, but yeah. that – he was a guy that on this list, like he didn't get a ton of hype when he committed, but he's going to be one of those guys that we're talking about two, three years from now that boy, they, they hit a home run with this kid. Yeah. And again, I mean, you know, you could check your stats there, but I don't know if I've ever been wrong too much there, Chad, but uh, no, you're usually uh, pretty good. <laughs> I, I could that Derek visit. Forrest guy turned out. Okay. He turned out. All right. Not um, bad. I think uh, I think he could, you know, two, three years for sure. I think it could be even sooner. Who knows? But uh, yeah, just, you know, really impressed him. It was funny. I brought him to the side when we were down in the weight room and I said, hey, I said, who's the greatest athlete I've ever coached out of Alcoa? And he looked at me and he was kind of like, you know, what do you, what do you mean? I was like, well, naturally you should say yourself. I said, <laughs> but you knew your history of me. I said, Randall Cobb. And he goes, Randall Cop, he's like, when did you coach him? I said, I was a young GA at Kentucky. And he goes, no way. He's like cousins of my mom's brother or something like that. I'm like, well, there you go. Connections run deep, Brady. Connections run deep. But it, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Actually, I'm going to ask that later. Let's, let's continue with the player-by-player. Player. Next up, quarterback. 
obviously got to got to mention Brady Lichtenberg, who you know kind of doesn't seem to fit the profile of the scrambling type quarterback that has been in the weight room with you this entire offseason for the most part with Des and with Evan Prater. Kind of what what did you see out of Brady his first day in the weight room and with the team? Well, selfishly, I'm not name for a while because uh, you know that's a special name. But uh, no, uh, Lichtenberg, he, he looked good. I mean, he, you know, body weight was good. Um, you know, he's got a good little frame to him. Um, you know, again, I think uh, naturally he's going to probably have one of the hardest upbringings just because, again, we're so fortunate. We pride ourselves on the quarterback position, not just how they play, obviously, but how they work, how they lead, how they are in the locker room and the community. I mean, you know, again, we're so blessed to have just such great young men that represent the program in all the right ways. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be brought along, taken under the wing by the older guys for sure. And, uh, you know, excited to see how he starts spinning the ball and, um, you know, how his body changes and all those things as well. So circling back to the question I was going to ask is it's been touched on a little bit, just how weird the whole COVID situation when it came to recruiting and things of that sort. So this class didn't really get a chance to take those official visits together and, and really be on campus and, and grow bonds amongst each other through that way. Were you able to kind of see, wow, it seems as if these kids really got a connection or a bond away from, you know, the, the typical tra- traditional way that recruits might, did you see a little bit of a, a connectivity that they all had just in the few couple of days that you've seen them? Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, you know, technology and social media and just the ability to have group chats and all those things. I think that was huge for him. Um, you know, the ability to FaceTime and, you know, still zoom with each other or coaches was huge, but, you know, just like I told them today for the first time in their lives, they're all away from home, whether it's close or far away. Uh, they're in a new environment, you know, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable, which we pride ourselves on and growing in uncomfortable situations. But, you know, you just walked into Yes, an unbelievable locker room with unbelievable, you know, young men. But, you know, you got 20 new brothers right around you and they're all going through the same thing you're going through and that we're all here for you at any time, whatever you may need. But to embrace that, you know, everybody, everybody's going to be able to pick you up. Everybody's going to be there to love you when you need it, all those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, just reassuring that and you can just tell they're just excited, eyes wide open, eager, hungry for more and uh, can't wait to keep it rolling. So one of the bigger question marks going into the 2022 season or 2021 season um, is running back. So bringing in a kid like a Miles Montgomery, what are the chances of you getting your hands on him and working him into getting any type of rotation in uh, once the regular season does start up? Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, again, I may be biased, but I don't know where those questions come from as far as the running back room when you got, a loaded room, in my opinion. I mean, again, that's another strength of our team ever since we've been here, whether it was Mike Warren, Jared Dokes, obviously Chuck's still there. You got Rhino. Um, now you add Ethan Wright, and then all of a sudden, oh, who's that kid? Oh, yeah, that's Jerome Ford. So, you know, there's a plethora of great uh, backs that all complement each other, add a little something different to the offense, to the entire team. They all play special teams, which is huge. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Miles, he looks good. He kind of looks like a, uh, a bigger Mike Warren, maybe not. And when I say that, I mean, just taller, um, but, uh, you know, he looks good. He's, uh, 
got graduation and stuff. So he'll be back in a few days, but, um, you know, that's, that's such a good room that, you know, unless he really wows it, but again, that'll be a testament to those guys in that room because anybody that's come in there, they've caught them up to speed as fast as possible. And, um, you know, just really excited to see, uh, how they all do. Speaking of Chuck, had a chance to bump into him yesterday on campus and, uh, and looks phenomenal. And he is uh, definitely chomping at the bit. He said this time it wasn't as easy because uh, his, his first knee injury, he had wig there with him, you know, every step of the way where those two guys were like, I don't want to say competing, but I don't want to not say competing. They were competing to see who could be back first. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize that they were driving the training staff two seasons ago. Insane, insane. Because they wouldn't listen. Like, they just wanted, you want to run? Like, you want to you do this? You want to do that? But yeah. How about we try this? Let's see who can do this better. Uh, he said it's been a little tougher this year not having that, but a little easier because he understood, you know, what the process now was, was going to be asked of him. But uh, h- how is Chuck so far as you guys have been back in the weight room for a couple weeks now? I mean, Chuck's awesome. He's always been awesome. Um, I mean, he's... It's funny, he'll, you know, send me a picture, tweet a picture, Instagram a picture. I think the other day he had a, you know, a picture of the scale and it said 196, hashtag power back. So I I sent it to him and all the running backs and I said, hey, Chuck, you know those shoes weigh about three pounds. And he laughed, come on, coach. But uh, no, it's funny because, you know, him and Ethan Wright right now, you know, they're, they're fighting to see who's the little man in the room. So, you know, I know Ethan's really pushing it. I mean, he's 200, um, you know, and Chuck, he doesn't need to be 200, 205, but, you know, he, he prides himself on, you know, just being bigger than he ever has been because it's only going to make him faster and stronger and all that stuff. And, um, again, I'm really proud of him. He, he'll have his head down every now and then because he thinks he should be winning every race that we do. But I tell him, I'm like, Chuck, man, you're running next to – I mean, that's Trey Tucker right there. That's Alex Pierce. Oh, that's Des. Yeah, he's six four, and his stride is three more steps to your one. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, he's doing a great job. I think he's doing a great job. Well, speaking of two hundred, I think we saw someone else recently hit two hundred and little little saucy two hundred, if you will. I saw him <laughs> on campus yesterday too. It's a good looking dude at two hundred pounds, Brady. He's feeling it. He's feeling it. Uh, I mean, I, I'm so. I'm so proud of Ahmad. I mean, I, I still won't call him that word yet. Um, if, in my phone, it's Ahmad, quote, sauce Gardner. Um, but I am. I mean, he, again, he's a man on a mission. Um, you know, we presented him with that challenge. Look at the first two corners taken. Look at their measurements. You're right there. You're better than them and a lot of them. Um, so, you know, he's really, really pride himself on that. And obviously what happens when you, start gaining a little bit of weight the right way you get stronger and you're faster. I mean, take today, for example, it was like probably the first time since Ahmad's been here where he's winning, not just, you know, two races, but like all of them. And, you know, we're running with chains today. So it's resisted sprinting and he's still winning. And that's, you know, just huge testament to him, but, you know, he's not done yet. He's got to keep it rolling, but uh, been really proud of him. Really proud of him. I think Aaron would attest to that. Well, I don't, Aaron doesn't have the, the frame of reference um, having been with, you know, Bearcat Journal just over the past couple months. But when he came in, you could tell he was a baby. 
like the way he talked, the way he interacted, like he, he was a, a, a super polite and he was still polished, but you could tell he was, he was, a, he was a baby. Yep. And when you talk to him now, it's crazy. Like the, the way these guys grow up because he just had such a different presence about him. He had such a different demeanor and, and way that he spoke and way that it, you know, he, he eye contact and, that you can just tell that's a young man that has taken full advantage of his college opportunity, grown into a man, and now grown into a man that's on the cusp of accomplishing everything he's ever, you know, set his eyes on. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we always, you know, tell our guys, you know, demeanors, everything, and just how you carry yourself, how you walk, how you talk, how you present yourself, um, you know, and naturally what happens and any type of physical activity where your body starts changing and you start seeing the results and you're feeling it and you're seeing it on the field. I mean, so he's, you know, he's a clear cut example of that. And, uh, you know, just like you said, he's always been a great kid, a great kid. And he is, he's maturing as his body's maturing, his mind's maturing, his heart's maturing. And I think what's really more impressive that always kind of stands out to me about Ahmad is just how smart he is with football and understanding things and how to communicate with older guys, younger guys. Um, Cause that's been something I've kind of seen, you know, just in the few short weeks here in the weight room is, you know, him really kind of taking the Sammy Anderson's and the Todd Bumpuses and, you know, encouraging them and, you know, teaching them some things or correcting them on this and that, where, you know, in the past you wouldn't see that because it would be me all over Ahmad doing all that, which I still am because I'm always on them. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, again, that's the growth. That's the maturity that you want um, as a, as a Cincinnati Bearcat. What was your, Aaron, what was your impression? Cause that's the first time you've really yeah. like been around Ahmad and, and seen how Ahmad interacts with, with people. Well, first off, I wanted to correct you. Yeah. It's been a couple months, but I mean, it's nine months. We're on. We're on yeah. But what I'm saying is you weren't here when Ahmad got here. <laughs> as a freshman. I know. Were you? Uh, no, Let's no. Keep I, in track, Aaron. Just Aaron. Aaron. Give me your your thoughts of your interactions with Ahmad Gardner when he got to campus I'm just as a saying, freshman. I, I just want to correct you. <laughs> I but can you, answer that one for you. It's fine. Brent can, <laughs> but but you weren't. I'm just saying you weren't employed at Bearcat Journal. I, I can to tell have you, that point of reference. I can tell you what my impression was of him now is he yeah, is a rather large, a rather a rather large, intimidating human being, and he <laughs> does carry himself with a certain swag i mean you can you can tell he feels like he's big guy on campus as he just casually strolls from field to field and just kind of was taking in camp and like he didn't have to even be there he wasn't working like some of the other guys like wiley like um kobe yeah, cook yeah. beavers there's a lot of guys working plenty, but plenty that, this a, pierce for for people that don't know uh, this is one opportunity for guys on the team to make money is to work camps and and be on the field, kind of helping out in the position groups as guys are going through drills. So uh, a lot of guys take advantage of that. I assume we'll see Sauce working a camp at some point in time, but he, he he told us he was he wanted to watch. Like he likes to, instead of being out there, like in the heart of it, he wants to stand back and watch how they're teaching these young guys and like absorb, you know, a, a different perspective. Uh, away from it so but no uh, go ahead continue so he just you know he he carried himself like a guy who knew he belonged there and wanted you to know he belonged there really I mean he just 
he, he looks very well tuned. Um, there, I, he, there does not look to be an ounce of fat on his body. I'm sure Brady knows exactly how many ounces of fat are on his body, but you know, I mean, he just, he, he's a very well-built human being. My Jay walked out of the Linder center too. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> there, there are some tackles in this, in this conference that are in trouble. Uh, the, the picture that was posted of him on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, gun show. Equally as impressive, say. yes. What's crazy about uh, Maj is so, you know, this year, like, you know, kind of just one of those things, you know, where you, uh, you know, you take the older guy, you're like, hey, man, you know, what really makes you tick? You know, who really uh, you know, going in the weight room besides, you know, this guy or that guy? And, you know, he told me, he's like, you know what? Like, I really – it's like I like lifting with like Dez and like Beavers and those and like you know Wiley and all those those crazy nut jobs. I mean they're crazy. And uh, I was like, all right. I was like, well you're gonna you're gonna lift with them then. So he's in that group with them. So you know you take today running chain sprints right, and he's running twenty yards with Alec Pierce, with Des Ritter, with Evan Prater, with Beavers, with all those guys, Lenny Wiley, and he's right up there with them, winning some of them. And that's just, I mean, that's scary. That's scary. It's extremely scary. Yeah. You shouldn't, you're, you shouldn't be allowed to look like that as a human. Like <laughs> he, he is getting to the point and, and where's he at now? At two, 250? Is he he's in that right, magic two, 250 spot? He's pushing it. Yep. And again, the biggest thing with him is he can always get there. It's holding it. And so yeah. again, testament to him. The best thing he's done this summer is he gets to a weight and he holds it. He doesn't go below it. He holds it. Then he gets up a little bit, he holds it, gets up. And that's, again, that's the right way to do it. You don't just want to throw on weight and then all of a sudden it, you know, magically loses. You don't want to have your big spikes and your low valleys and all that stuff, a slow maintain. And then all of a sudden it starts up in a little bit. And, you know, that, that was a big, um, you know, hurdle for Ahmad to get over. He was stuck at 195 for, you know, almost two weeks. And it's like, look, your body's used to what you've been eating, what you've been doing. The only way to get over it, you got to increase it even more and, you know, it's just one of those things you got to keep educating the kids on. Is is two fifty the number for Majay or? Yeah, that's the baseline number. I mean, that's if he's two fifty, we're we're great. I mean, let's be real. If he's two forty, we're great. Right. But right. he was two thirty last year, and it, the things were pretty good. Exactly. <laughs> so again, he came back. You know, the quarantine was not very good for Majay because you know just the resources and the food and all that stuff. So obviously, he came back you know, when we started getting back into it, extremely light and, you know, worked our way up to whatever we could get through. But, you know, for him to be where he wants to be postseason and to be the best for us and for his future, it's the 250 plus for sure. A couple of days ago, you dropped your dudes of the week. And we saw a lot of guys who I don't feel like have been regular peers on your dudes of the week uh you know a will polling has never really i don't even know that he's been eligible to be a dude of the week um you know ethan wright uh vinnie mcconnell uh ty van fossum i mean is there anything you can tell us what these guys were doing last week to to earn that from you yeah i mean you know again it's just kind of one of those fun things we always do my staff and i will get together on friday at at the end of everything we just kind of you know hey who was someone that really stood out to you? You know, who was someone that not about the weight, not about what they did, but maybe it was a leadership thing. Maybe it was just the energy they brought to the group. Maybe it was just, you know, their attention to detail, just little things. Right. And, you know, 
I mean, let's be honest. If we wanted to do a dude of the week, we could have thrown the whole team up there. I mean, I, I even said that I was, you know, my biggest challenge I always say is, all right, you give me two guys, you give me two guys, you give me two guys, because I'm going to put up six. I could have six. I mean, maybe again, I'm biased. Maybe I'm, you know, just a softy at heart. And I think all my guys are doing great, but you know, I want to reward guys that are doing unbelievable things. So, you know, when you look at a guy like Denny McConnell, absolutely. He's the ultimate warrior human being, the, the standard of what we are as a new line. And as a Bearcat football player, he works his ass off every single day. Whoever's with him, he gets the best out of him. He's a great leader, all those things. So like, to me, I put him as a dude of the week for my guys because of his leadership. And, uh, you know, you look at a guy like a Mets, same thing. Mets is, you know, the ultimate just crazy man in the weight room, but he does an unbelievable job, you know, bringing young guys along and pushing whoever's next to him. Uh, Will Pauling, again, just a kid that's come in and done everything the right way. And, you know, just the way he attacks workouts, the way he's coachable and, you know, pushes others and competes and positive. Um, you know, again, it's just anything we can ever do to kind of just highlight a few guys, I'm all about it. And like I said, selfishly, we could have had 30 plus, I mean, dudes of the week, but, you know, just something fun we like to try to do. And no doubt it kind of gets a little hard because, you know, I mean, like I said, you could have so many. We were exchanging text messages a couple days ago and uh, you had a lot of excitement for the things happening in the offensive line room. Uh, take me through, you know, the, those guys that, that you're looking at on the offensive line from John Williams to, I mean, you hit on Vinny already, but Dylan O'Quinn becoming a veteran and a leader and, and, you know, just everything that's happening with that group as they, they mature and become, you know, a, a unit. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know what it is. I think, you know, I know we're an O-line, D-line driven program and let's face it at any level that's where you win the games. And, um, you know, so I think my heart has always just been O-line oriented, O-line oriented. And, you know, I think that we've, we've been so blessed with such great guys up front and that have, you know, attacked workouts and this and that, but, you know, just see the way they come in every day and the way they train. I mean, woo, we top the bottom. Like I said, Benny McConnell, just the elder statesman. Again, he came in at like 250 pounds. I'll never forget his first workout. He's like, barely pushing a prowler. He can't even do a push up. He's throwing up and you're looking at him. You're like, Oh my gosh, you're from Maslin. Like go tigers. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> you know, now, you know, he's 300 pounds and his goal is to be 310. And you know, it's like, like, hell yes. And he's strong as all can be and he's athletic. He can bend. And now, and then, you know, you just keep going down the line. I mean, John Williams is up to 310 and you're like, Holy cow, you look great. And he's strong. Jake Renfro is like, you know, just, Phenomenal. Top to bottom. I mean, the, the biggest thing I see from Jake right now, I mean, Jake was a guy that came out with uh, the freshman today when we we're doing all their eval and testing and was there the whole time encouraging guys and then even came down into the weight room. So, I mean, he was with us for, you know, over an hour just being around the guys. And again, that's huge. You know, that shows he cares. That shows he's, you know, always going to want to be there for those guys as well. Um, you know, Ton still looks great. Again, starting to change his body even more because he kind of put on um, a lot of weight fast. So now we're kind of, you know, transitioning some of that to lean mass. But, uh, you know, the Mets is he's still kicking ass. Colin Woodside looks the best he's ever looked and moving unbelievable. 
Coop is back to his old self. I mean, just bending and moving the way he does. His body weight looks great. And then ultimately, yeah, Dylan O'Quinn, I think, you know, a guy that last year, you know, earned his opportunity, took full advantage of it, never looked back. And now he's really just transitioning the way he works and the way he attacks things. And he's, you know, he's doing things in the weight room he's never done before. And his body weight looks great. And, you know, you got the young guys that are, you know, pushing older guys. And it's just, it is, it's fun to see those guys really, you know, take advantage and ownership of just their unit, but also the entire team. Has the rake put on it, put on any weight yet? The rake has, he's slowly trending the way we want him to. Yeah. He looked, he looked pretty good in that picture at the, uh, at, at Luke's place. But um, so Brady, let's bring it full circle. The 2021 class. How exactly do you really infiltrate them into the team with team workouts and whatnot? You know, are, are you putting a, a Luke Collinsworth with a Dylan O'Quinn and saying like, learn quickly on the job or, or do you slowly bring them along? Yeah. If we threw them into the deep water right now, it would not be good. Um, <laughs> so, you know, again, it's a slow, slow process again. And like I told them today, we feed off them. We'll push it as you guys are receptive of us. And as you pick things up, but, you know, this first week for them, it's all teach mode. It's all teaching, learning, our reps, how we do things, the warm-ups. I mean, there's so – I mean, a binder this thick of all the stuff that we do. So you're just slowly trying to teach them all those things, get the movement patterns down um, so that we can slowly start to progress the weight to, you know, see how they move when we're running and doing all those things. So, you know, I would say for the for the most part of June, they're going to be all, all by themselves. and We've done that with every group we've ever had since we've been here. And then, you know, I think as, as scheduled right now, their first full exercise with the older guys will be on the glorious day of July 2nd, Squaw Fest, 2K, 2-1. And uh, so that'll be a great little, you know, hey, welcome to the Bearcats for them. And then when we come back in July, that's when, uh, that's when we'll start integrating everybody and, you know, still be pushing them and progressing them a little different than the older guys, but you know, at least they'll be around the whole team. Another, another question off that. So they were playing basketball and they were all sweating a, a decent amount. Yes. got to ask you because, because all football players think they can play basketball and I'm sure basketball players can think they can play another sport as well. But who did you see out there on the, I'm not going to call it the hardwood, but how about the, uh, the fickle wood? Who did you see? Uh, you're like, wow, this, this guy's got, got some skills on the basketball court. Pretty impressive. Uh, obviously, Shimon. Shimon stood out. Um, I think Cam had a nice little little uh, jump shot. Um, Rob Jackson was out there a little bit. Um, Corleone Luke, in the post looked like it. Yeah. Luke Collinsworth, was, his shirt was drenched in sweat. He was out there the whole time. Um, so you love seeing that. You love seeing those big boys you know, get out there and playing around. Um, Landon was out there, you know, bodying people up. So that was awesome to see. Um, but this it was my house, right? That he keeps saying, this is right. my house. Yeah. He couldn't, he couldn't let people step onto his home court. So he, <laughs> had, he had to defend his home court, but uh, no, it was fun. I mean, you know, they're playing three on three and then, you know, you know, knock out all those things, but it, you know, it was, it was pretty cool to see. Does the Shimon fit the mold of the next Step of the tight end, you. It's time That's, to start calling him Shimonster, right? Shimonster. Oh, Shimon. He he will. He will definitely fit the mold, and you know, hopefully, he sets uh, a new standard, a new mold. Um, that'll be the challenge.
Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, so how is it coaching Luke's kid? <laughs> is it gonna? Is it? Is it a weird thing where you like? Well, I can't be. I can't be too hard on him because he's he's, you know, my my the head coach's son. <laughs> but I can't be too too easy on him because then it's gonna be it's gonna be obvious because I'm being too easy on on coach's son. Yeah, it's like the complete opposite. We could pretty much do whatever we want with him. <laughs> um, no, I'm sure he's known you for years. That's right. I mean, I, I, it's funny. I, I still have like his, his picture that we took of him, you know, when he would just come down and just like do some extra workouts with us. And he was just so skinny. I mean, again, a kid that has just matured fast and his body's still growing into his frame and all those things. I mean, again, like I always talk about your genetic potential, he could still grow two more inches. I mean, look at, you know, coach fix other sets of twin boys. They're so tall. They're growing and, you know, they're starting to fill out. Um, But, you know, no, I mean, obviously there's, you know, the huge stereotype and stigma with Landon and all that stuff. I couldn't be more impressed with just how he's doing his work ethic. Um, You know, he's obviously going to do everything he can to not let himself down or the team down the unit, all those things. And I think he's doing everything the right way. I think the older guys have really, um, you know, put their arms around him and brought him up and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's doing a great job. And again, he's just scratching the surface. So, you know, what he, what he's done these past few months and, you know, how it's going to translate this next year, it's not going to be anywhere near to what it'll be a year to two years down the road. You know, I'd be remiss not to mention when you walk by Nippert stadium the past you know week plus, mm. you look down at that new turf. Do you get a, do you get a little bit of a different feeling? I do, man. That, that thing looks sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it's just exciting it's you know it's everything you take last year you take you know everything we've been through in our time here where you know the field was you know sometimes it was football sometimes it was a soccer field and it was like that was just annoying now to see a legit football field be putting in with no soccer lines with no painted on stuff everything sewn in black end zones outline all that stuff i mean absolutely our guys love it we love it um you know, once all that's in, can't wait to get some sleds out there and start pushing and breaking that turf in because Lord knows we got to do it. Look good, playing? feel good, play good, works for the turf as well? Not even that. It's just that's a staple of our program. I mean, in July, you got to defend the nip. So, you know, that's that's something we pride ourselves on. You know, again, we're one of four teams in the country that have the most wins at home. And, you know, that's it. That's what you want. You want this place to be hostile. You want it to mean something. Nobody's just going to come in here and, you know, try to take something from us on our own uh, home home field. So um, really excited about the the look of it so far and can't wait to see it continue to progress. Do you know if there's any plan to do anything with the notches that the soccer had to cut out? There's no plan to do anything with the notches. <laughs> Is that the end zone? Are you talking about the end zone? Yeah, they used to be closed in. I'm going to tell you right now, I think that's a smart move, actually, that there's notches. I agree. Are... I'm pretty sure there were so, some catches that, like, people got taken out, right? Marty Gilliard, yeah. Took out a little kid. Here's the thing. This is where people are, are misconstrued on the notches. There was an agreement. There was a, a piece of the agreement between UC and FC Cincinnati when they moved into Nippert, when the notches were removed that if they broke the contract or they, they, they left Nippert for any reason before the contract expired, that they had to replace the notches. 
Didn't know if that they were going to put anything, happen. anything no. decorative back there or anything. Like that's not his department. He works. He's a strength and conditioning. He hears coach. things, man. Maybe the cheerleaders will go there. I'll give you some things. ideas. I'll give you some ideas. Okay. Oh, I like this. And I think they did it one year. I mean, you put you put a little, you know, oh, field suite. Yeah, you get a field suite. You put some lazy boys out there. Ooh, um, ooh, a know, club you, like like yeah. the Raiders. Yeah, you make a little field level, you know, cool club little, nip, club nip. Maybe make a little, uh, you know, fun area for active military um, people or, you know, some uh, football alumni. You know, I don't know. I mean, friends of the program. Maybe it's the BCJ corner. I don't know. You know? You said it first, Brady. How much does that sponsorship cost? (laughs) A T-shirt and a hat. Okay. Okay. Chad, book it. (laughs) Yeah. Chad, get on that. ASAP. Well, Aaron, did we have any uh, anything in the mailbag for old Brady? We sure do. Love that. Yeah, they, they don't even want to talk to us anymore when we have you on the show. They're, yeah, they're literally all questions like, for Brady. Uh, can you ask Brady this? What, what about asking Brady about that? Can Brady hang out with me next weekend, please? No, we, right. he's barely got time for us. He had to cancel right. last week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> how does Brady feel about Jordan Palmer's critique of Desmond Ritter's strength development? Did you did you see that Brady at all or hear about that? Uh-uh, what is it? it what was it? It was about growing back, the strength in his back hip. strength. Yeah, back strength and or hips to to stand up straight or something along those lines. It, it seemed as if he had a very particular thing that strength coaches don't do with the quarterbacks that they need to focus on a little bit more. Oh, I mean no, I mean, I, I don't take any any offense to anything he's saying because, you know, he's a professional and, uh, you know, w- what what it is he does. He trains and develops quarterbacks. And, you know, if he's watching guys and how they, you know, step and how they throw and where their shoulders are and all those things. And, I mean, obviously I saw a lot of the breakdown. Des brought all that stuff back to me and kind of showed me. And it was really interesting and unique. Um, but, you know, again, I don't, I don't take any – you know, hardship feelings or anything like that. If anything, I think it's um, one, it's impressive. It's something I can learn from. It's not like I'm going to use that data and really change the way I train Des. I mean, cause I, I do that naturally um, kind of always do some quarterback things with him, especially this past year with him coming back and trying to really just kind of, you know, change some things up and challenge him in some different ways. But um, you know, again, he says he's got you know some weak low back strength or weak back strength with some of his mechanics i mean that's only motivation for him for myself and others because you know that's that's when he's dropping back to you know throw or to do all these things that he's got to do let's face it does anybody care what his back strength is when des has got to make a play or the game's on the line because he's going to get it done and you know again des can do anything in the weight room that a lot of other guys can and some can't do because he is just so freaky and has that competitive edge to him. But um, no, I don't, I don't take any hard feelings from that at all. If anything, um, I commend, you know, Jordan for that because, you know, like I said, he's, he's an expertise in what he does. I'm an expertise in what I do. And, you know, if anything, I'd love to, to get with them one day, that would be cool as hell to say, Hey, you know, what are you seeing in a lot of things that you think, you know, could really help in the weight room with just this, that, that. So pretty cool. But I will say Jordan is very high on Desmond Ritter. Like it it was, this was one of those, like 
what if you had to like nitpick, if you had to really nitpick the things that Des needs to do to improve, he got it was, into it was stronger you know, the, glutes and lumbar is what it was. Glutes yeah. and lumbar. And again, I, I would I would agree with that because look at his frame. He's six four. He's very lean, but he's gaining weight and he's still strong. Um, so no doubt. I mean, think think about him as opposed to a Baker Mayfield, their mechanics and when they throw. Right. I mean, Baker Mayfield, obviously extremely gifted, extremely talented, doing an unbelievable job in the NFL. But he's what, six foot, six one, maybe he got generous. Yeah. generous yes. Um, so it is. It's just all those fine tuned things that, you know, I, I appreciate. And again, I know Des appreciates that because, you know, if we do anything in life and you get criticism back and you don't take it in a positive way or, hey, this you know, this is something that we see in you that could really help you and change your game and advance your team and yourself, then, you know, you're probably not in it for the right reasons. But, uh, no, I, I love all that stuff. Constructive criticism is a good thing. Absolutely. So what do you think of Majay Sanders and his potential for this season after seeing his work in the weight room in particular? I know we touched I mean, on Majay earlier, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like you're seeing anything too different than what Majay's always done. I think it's just more um, what I've been impressed is his sense of just overall leadership and ownership of not only, you know, D-line, defense, but the team. Um, you know, again, he's going to come in every single day, hair on fire, jacked up, ready to fucking go. Sorry for the language, but he is. And, uh, you know, again, you just fine tune some things, you know, what do we got to work on? Yes. Holding body weight. Okay. That's, that's that. We know that you're always going to take care of your business. You're going to train really well. You're going to be strong. You're going to be fast. How can we bring others up to your level? Right. How can we get those guys to, to just go about their daily business, whether it's practice, whether it's a walkthrough, whether it is a workout, with the same intensity and passion that you do. And uh, so that's what I've been really impressed to see this summer with him and really ever since the winter. And, uh, you know, again, the sky's the limit for him. He's going to write his own chapter. Um, you know, we're going to rely heavily on him. And uh, I think you're going to see some new new things from him this, this year, you know, whether he is, you know, hand in the dirt or maybe he's standing up and then all of a sudden he drops into coverage. Who knows? Love to hear it. So I'm going to edit this one a little bit just for time's sake because top 10 is crazy without you having prepared for a top 10. But a top, uh, a top 10, yeah. The, we're not going to make you do a top 10. <laughs> so what are your what are your top three or even top two uh, best moments since you've been here at UC and top two or three worst moments? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> number one, obviously winning the championship last year, Tulsa, huge. Um, just the year, everything that went into it, um, you know, the prior year, getting to the conference championship game, playing the same team twice, getting so close, um, letting it slip away. That was huge. Um, number two, probably be uh, UCLA 2018, just because, you know, that was like the clicking point for a lot of the older guys in this program that, you know, hey, this is why we get up at 6 a.m. This is why we were crawling through the mud. This is why these coaches are so hard on us and love us up so much because, you know, you always see better than you hear. And, you know, to see all that hard work finally pay off and then the momentum that took off after that. Um, so that's obviously up there. And then uh, number three, man, that's tough. Um, maybe we'll go with uh, 
we'll go with UCF 2019. You got to just the atmosphere, um, the environment on the sideline, just everything about it. And just, you know, again, what that did for us and, uh, you know, for the, for the future of this program. That was really, I mean, I think people don't realize that was really the first time you guys got to experience like the full, like everybody told you what nip at night was like. Yeah. And, and that was the first time it was like, Oh, Oh, oh boy. Like yeah. th- this is, this is fun. It was man. It, it, you know, again, that's something I'll always remember. Um, can't wait. Obviously there's going to be multiple of them this year, you know, primetime games. We know they're going to be coming. We know we're going to be on a lot of primetime stuff, which is what we feed off of. Um, so I, no doubt I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, you said bottom three, like worst, worst moments. <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> uh, well, here we go. Yeah. If at night, the entire first, first season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nip at night, our first year playing Marshall and getting waxed. That that was no fun. But then obviously we returned the favorite years later and waxed them. Um, I would say the UCF game our first year, where the rain delay, the weather delay, and we ended up the game was called. That would that did not sit well in thick or my stomach or again a lot of our guys because you know we pride ourselves on finishing, and that wasn't what we wanted. Um, wasn't there a, wasn't there a uh, come to Jesus meeting shortly after that one at some point? Oh boy, who knows? I'm sure there was. Um, <laughs> I'll just, I'll never forget, you know, the ADs and the refs coming up into the locker room or the hallway next to the locker room. They're like, where's Coach Fickle? And like, someone's like, the game's called. And I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, I'm not telling them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not it. <laughs> not it. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, one that is, uh, it, again, it's so long ago, but it's so sour in my, in, in your mouth is the 2018 game at Temple, you know, Cole Ooh. Smith kicks the field goal. That's good. The, the refs do this and the, and the TV's on and it's going and he kicks the field goal and it's like, woo. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh no, TV timeout wasn't ready. And you're like, what? Right. And then obviously, you know, the game goes to the overtime they win, they charge our sideline and start dancing in front of us and all that stuff. Coaches have their hats on sideways and they're mocking us. And I just remember standing there, arms folded, and Thick kind of turned and looked at me and he just, you know, had that look on his face. And then obviously, you know, we've taken care of business the past couple of years and we'll continue to do that. Um, you know, you don't disrespect our program or guys like that. And obviously, again, not blaming it on the refs, but that one definitely just sticks out up there. Have I told you my Mets story about that? No. So the the following Tuesday, we're at the the media luncheon. Back when you know we were allowed to to be there every Tuesday for the media luncheon, which and here, hopefully yes. Yeah. Which um, which I, I ran into Mets, and we, and we get to talking about it. And Mets at that you know it was a red, they're true true freshman, red shirting, didn't see the field, whatever. Uh, and and somebody like that we were with asked him and he was like, I, I, I did not, I did not like that. I, <laughs> I, next time I, I will break them next yes. time. Next time they come here, I will break them. It's like he, he was channeling his inner Ivan Drago at that point in time. 
uh, even though he's from Germany and not Russia. But with that same like Eastern European, like I, I, I did not. They they celebrate on on our on our sideline. I I did not like that. I I will break them. The funny like that's not something that anybody that played in that game will ever forget. When you guys play town, no, no, never. I mean, I'll never forget uh, 2019 when we beat Temple at home to win the AEC East. And again, Derek Forrest is in the locker room just going nuts, talking about all that shit. I mean, again, our players were hyped up for it before that game. All week in the in the weight room, in the locker room, I had the loop of those guys charging the field, just that little minute clip of them dancing and all that stuff. And it was just – it's a constant reminder. And, again, you know, you disrespect us once, that lasts forever. So um, we don't care who the coach is, different players, all that stuff. Same logo. Um, you know, nobody does that to, to us, to our guys. And, you know, that's that's why it's definitely a bottom three moment. But <laughs> in hindsight, could be spun in a in a top moment. <laughs> Silver linings. I love it. That's right. Will Smith, a little uh, redemption. This yes. Past, uh, against Tulsa. I like that. But, no, I, I loved your top three because if you think about it, you know, the – where better of a setting than the Rose Bowl to really have the the kickstart of what this past three seasons has been? I mean, that's just no doubt. No it's doubt. awesome. It's really it awesome. The pageant, Rose Bowl, the, the weather, the setup, all those things, the way we won the game. You know, fourth and what two on the on the two, and we're Mike going was, for it. Going for it. You know, it was man. It was it was it was awesome. So that's all the questions that we really have. Yeah, it's um, time for Brady to go to bed. He's got to get up early. Yeah, he's tired again. I did. I'm Round not going. two. <laughs> I feel like the uh, the Natter Days <laughs> say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Well, mailbag. Brady, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the mailbag is empty. <laughs> no, there's fun. a couple for me coming. I always and I always really enjoy the mailbag, the questions I get that are the same questions every week. And he wants to put his head through a wall every week. You can see it on his face. What do you, what do you get? What's the same one every week? It's just all oh, the they're all the same. Like not all the same, but like, a lot like, of them are. Like here's one that that's going to drive Chad crazy just just because. Are there any more open gym tidbits, Chad? Have any walk-ons for football ever earned a scholarship under Coach Fickle? Yes, I mean. <laughs> Answer that. What walk-ons have earned a scholarship? I know, I know my guy, Wyatt Fisher. Wyatt, Ryan Royer, Copay. Uh, here's a big one for you. Garrett Campbell. Yeah. Remember? Uh, yep. here's another Morgan James. Oh, yeah. Morgan, Morgan James was a walk-on. Yeah. Um, Ryan Jones. Um, what's his name? Uh, Blake Bauman, a snapper. Um, Zach Wood, another long snapper. Oh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, the most I mean, important of which, obviously, being Ryan Royer. Obviously, the show. The show. Uh, you know, there, there's always those present, you know, opportunities. Again, those are, those are earned. They're earned the right way. And, you know, there could be some more coming here soon. And, you know, that just – it's all about how the roster shakes out and what you're available to do. But, like I said, we're a big program that wants to reward those that do everything right. And, Will Adams. Will Adams. Yeah. Will right. Adams is get Will Adams doesn't have a scholarship. Will Adams is getting a scholarship. <laughs> I mean, like I said, there's people barking at that door, man, and they've done everything the right way. Is yeah. the uh 
are the are the mats in the barn the wrestling mats is that for ryan royer to practice for his what's coming once he's done playing football because it, it you know his professional he wrestling should be player. a he should be a wwe superstar there's no question in my mind except for that whole like engineering degree thing that he's probably yeah. going to go make a million dollars somewhere in his yeah, first five yeah. years out of college. That's the fun thing about Royer is no doubt he'll, he'll put his head in a fan, but yet he's one of the smartest guys on the team. <laughs> no, he'll put I, his I, head through the fan and then fix the fan and make it even <laughs> better than it was before. Right. And, and uh, when I mean head through the fan, I mean that in the, uh, in the exact way that I mean it. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want and, and, and Brent's right. He he will look at the fan after it's broken and go, it wasn't aerody- aerodynamically correct anyway. We've got some improvements to make here. I do want to put it out there that I wasn't trying to poo-poo on, on PDT Bearcats questions because I enjoyed the answer. It's, it's just I know what kind of questions make Chad just go crazy. It's, it's the nature of the business, right? Everybody's going to still want to know the same things. And, you know, every, hey, again questions are better than no questions every now and then you catch chad slipping where he'll, he'll give a little bit more than he meant to and that's because he's in the middle of a rage so you, you, you know what i sure hope there are more tidbits on open gyms i am all ears for those brady, brady we need you to go check in on open gyms i heard there was there was one today i wasn't there because i was in the hospital but uh i don't even know what that what does open gym mean like it's just the guys can it, come in and wow. they just get to it's 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 not supervised coaches aren't allowed it's just the guys get together on their own free time and and play pickup games they play pickup ball i think that's awesome i mean here's here's the last question i have for you before you go oh my god i said we were gonna let him go i know but he said he was he said he was ready to go he's he was like amped up so i mean because i was at camp midnight madness and i was at camp and I, you know not talking about any of the the actual kids there or anything like that but what is it as coaches that he's learning what is it that you try and look for as coaches when you have 200 kids at a camp like that? Uh, I think, you know, for them, again, that, you know, they're doing all the recruiting, they're doing all the, you know, backgrounds and all that stuff. It's just kind of putting the, uh, the eye to everything that they've heard and seen and, you know, researched and then just measuring them up, seeing what they, you know, think, you know, look at their mechanics, look at their uh, movements and all that kind of stuff. And, see how they can, you know, um, not progress, but how they would fit into a mold of what we are setting as our standard of, you know, a corner, a wideout, an O-lineman, a D-lineman, and uh, just their projections. And then, uh, you know, ultimately you just want to see who's going to compete and have fun and, you know, not be in awe of, you know, the lights or the music or people out there and all that stuff that guys that just love football and they're going to, they're going to work. I would also say I, I can add to that a little bit. I think uh, I would also say it's important for a lot of kids that aren't necessarily like if you're going to make an impression as a guy that's kind of maybe in the middle of the pack, right? There's a good chance they've they've all they know of you is what you've put on tape from high school. So camp gives you a chance in person to say this is who I really am because I, I mean I know a lot of guys over the years have come in to camp and kind of been on the fence and most of them stay on the fence or they're not what they, the coaching staff wanted to see, but there are, there are multiple occasions of a guy that comes into camp and has that attitude, has that like, you know, that 
mentality of I'm jumping to the front of the line. Well, yeah, like, think- I'm the guy at the front of the line. I'm think- the guy that I'm the corner that's here and you've got your big time wide receiver here. I'm, I'm on him all day. I would think like coming that- after a post COVID, you know, pandemic world that, you know, it's probably all the more important to be at, at these types of camps than to try and get that, you know, tape out there to try and get well, yourself yeah, no. as many reps as you can in front of coaches. If you think about the 2022 class and the 2023 class, especially 2023, nobody's seen them. Yeah. Nobody's seen them. So not in person, at least. Yeah. You've watched high school tape, but it's so hard on high school tape because what's the level of competition? Like what's, what's the role that's being asked of you from your high school coach? Like there's so many variables that go out the window when you've got them in a position group with your position coach or your coordinator or your head coach, giving them instruction, seeing how they handle that instruction and then translate that instruction into action uh, through drills, through one-on-ones, through, you know, head-to-head stuff that they do at the end of camp. Like measurements. Measure well, I mean, the measurements though, yeah. You have as long as you have a good relationship with like the high school, you you generally know like where you're not gonna be fooled often where a guy's supposed to come in at six five and he comes in at six one. But I it mean, happens. I meant more for like 40 or broad jump or you that's know. Yeah, testing. Yeah, okay. testing. I was I was six three, two twenty on my uh senior year program. <laughs> didn't that's didn't a, quite that's play a, at that level though. That's a goddamn lie. <laughs> I know for a fact people were like, "Wow, who is this ninety-one? We got this guy." I just figured since I'm in the world now, I wanted to to hear what his thoughts were. No, that's fine. And I I just I, I had a couple to add because I you know Brady just pops in and out of camps. He doesn't. He didn't, I know. He, he, <laughs> I do. I see. I like to walk and talk with Thick, and you know that. I made a grave mistake yesterday. Ooh. I wore jeans. <laughs> so I was trying to be smart. I looked at the radar as I was walking out of my house and it was like 73 degrees cloudy and rain. And as soon as we got there, the rain stopped. The heat jumped like 12 degrees and the humidity jumped like 63% in like four minutes. We started walking from the practice facility over to the lawn. Chad's just like, dude, no. No. I'll no, be no, back. No. We go get some shorts. Shorts <laughs> were necessary at that point in time. What a, what a terrible water break. That, just that was you out some shorts next time. I was out of obviously I was out of practice. Like I I I you That's know, right. it had been it had been a long time. It had been two years since I had been to a football camp. That's true. And uh I lost my brain. But you got Coach Mason out there in black pants, a long sleeve shirt, and a jacket over the long sleeve shirt. I'm, I'm like, what are you doing out here, man? He's, but he's a crazy person. He's built that, different. I get that, it. That's that's the coach standard, you know. I mean, if it's ninety some degrees out, I'm going to be wearing long sleeves because I love sweating and I want to hide that sweat. So that's why you wear black. And then when it's twenty degrees, you're wearing short sleeves and shorts. No, see, that's the opposite. I'm not trying to be a hardcore look at the guy on the sideline. If it's cold, I'm going to be. <laughs> Golly. Golly. Well, anything else, guys? Anything else? Now, you have been more than amicable with your time, my friend. <laughs> we appreciate you making up for uh, going to sleep last week. 
Absolutely. Because you, you, you I, hadn't slept in two days. Yeah, I, I needed that, man. I needed it. But, uh, no, I appreciate you guys, man. It's always always a pleasure, always a blast. Looking forward to it again here soon. And, and happy belated birthday. We uh, oh, reached out to you a couple times. Thank did you, you. Did you go anywhere special that night? And Any quick uh, stories before we let you go? Uh, let's see. We, uh, we got a Condado. Of course. For, the uh, I let my daughter choose. She's a big Condado fan. Awesome. And uh, you know, wife wife made my favorite cake, a little cheesecake. Her and my daughter did, and uh, just hung out at the house with the kids, and you know, just had a good time. And um, you know, it was it was great. It was great. Thirty five. Here we go. Perfect birthday. Cla- cla- you're a classic cheesecake guy. Straight cheesecake. No, it's uh, it's a very it's a old family. Well, friend of the family recipe, and the original name was called Auto Cheesecake. And, uh, you know, to this day, it's something my dad and I, it's like our go-to dessert, like nothing else matters, but this meal. And, uh, it's just a cream cheese kind of fancy topping. And then, you know, pecan crusted with butter, you know, base. And it's, it's so good. Mm, that does sound Sounds good. delicious. What, what, what area town are you in again? Uh, Loveland. <laughs> okay. I, I keep getting suggestions for Brendel's bites. Have you been to Midwest barbecue? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's right there on uh, the Ward's Corner exit. Yeah. Um, that's right. I, I, I get hit up. I've been hit up to go there quite a few times. Loveland is really yeah. far from northern Kentucky. Well, again, and I know I've said this before, but Midwest Barbecue, that's close. So I could easily make that happen. We could Ooh. do it at Midwest Barbecue. They have, they have chicken wings dredged in grippos, right? Is that what? It, they, I mean, it, they do have some really good wings. They really do. Um, and their baked beans, their sides, their coleslaw, their mac and cheese, all that stuff. It is. It's really, really good. That is one that probably has come up more than any other over the past, like, two weeks. Um, and we were going to do one this weekend. Is there another one somewhere else or no? No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, that – I asked for suggestions because I want to go places that people are recommending. Yeah, right? but that – that's the only Midwest barbecues right up here to, that I know of. Yeah. So. And, and everybody like not everybody, but everybody that has responded that hit me up, like I'll get, I'll get multiple comments when somebody suggests Midwest barbecue, like, yeah, that's the spot you got to go. So wow. now that I know that's in your neck of the woods, we will save it. Yes. And me, you and Kelsey, or maybe just you and Kelsey, I might cut myself out of that episode. <laughs> because I've already been told by everybody, like, this isn't your vehicle. This is her vehicle. You just, you, it's like when she turns 16, right? It's her vehicle, but I bought, I bought the car. She gets yep. to drive it. That, yep. I think that's what Brendel's bites is becoming is I bought the car and Kelsey gets to drive it. <laughs> Setting her up for success. It's all you're doing. That's what, that's a parent's job, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, re- there's really only one brendel quality brendel family trait and that's talking and on camera so or talking with a microphone (laughs) so if that's the only thing i can like that's that's the only thing i can pass down to her i don't have any other redeemable (laughs) qualities that's it so we're we're gonna work with it you got the speed gene from back in the day back in the day but that's long gone like You never lose it. You just got to get it back. <laughs> he donated those jeans. Yeah, those jeans are a goodwill. <laughs> I didn't even get anything for them. That's how low. That's how low the value is. 
tax write off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. I will probably see you poking around campus tomorrow at some point. That's right. I'll see you there. Appreciate you guys, man. Have a great week. Thanks, Thanks Brady. You too. See you guys. See you. See you. As always. Great having him. Always great having him. Brady is a a class act. He is a head above all else. You know, I mean, I I dare you to find a greater coaching staff. We've talked about basketball quite a lot than than what has been assembled here at the University of Cincinnati. I mean, you you think about it with coffee with Cunningham, Perry Eliana, absolutely dominated. You know, Brady Collins, every single week he's on domination. It's just it is simply said that uh, the the entire athletic department is in pretty doggone good hands. I've gotten to know Coach Page a little bit uh, just from from bumping into him uh, here recently. I get like it, it makes sense why mm-hmm. they hired Coach Page. Like that's another guy with great energy, great passion. Aaron got to talk to him with me yep. or be in the vicinity for a little bit. Um. Like you can tell, right, Aaron? You can tell he just he fits. He he's one of the guys on that staff. He just was walking by us and made sure he introduced himself to us. Like I don't even think we were talking to anybody at that point in time. And he just wanted to make sure that he stopped and shook our hands and introduced himself, found out who we were, and okay. We're just guys on the sideline, bro. You know, another <laughs> coach that did that, one of the first, you know, team events that I was at was Marcus Freeman. So yep. pretty uh, pretty doggone cool to hear that about Coach Page. Um I think I think we got to move on to basketball, guys. Right? I think we've uh, we have milked the. I don't have anything left on. Uh, what else could we possibly say that Brady didn't say about football this week? Um, I don't think anything else. Uh, Derek Forrest, another interception at uh, Washington football team practice. I almost he's going to end up a starter within two years. Two within two years, mark my words. Derek Forrest is going to be starting at safety for the. That's what you guys are saying on the on the BCJ pod. You know, it. I could very well see it. He's one of those guys that just always performs above his God-given ability, which is what the staff always preaches. But Well, two things to also bring up. First and foremost, yeah. Jarrell White signed with uh, what, Cal- Calgary, I think. Alberta. Uh, I think it was Alberta. Somewhere up in the CFL. I do know that. Um, and mm-hmm. I know that was making its rounds on the, uh, on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, second thing, um, it was very brief. Uh, I walked with him as he was going to change. Literally, uh, he like was walking to his bag there on the sidelines. To, Calgary, you were right. Sorry, Stampeders. The Stampeders to, to change his shirt and what have you. But I did catch up with Ike White, who was a four star, who was there. Um, I'll be putting out what I can on that. It was not a terribly long conversation, as he was in the middle of trying to schedule a visit as I'm talking to him. So <laughs> I'm not sure if that got ironed out yet or not. But uh, we are we are definitely making some waves here with uh, talking to the kids as we can. So he was there as uh, was... He, he said he was, he was, he'd been talking a lot with coach hitch and uh, I'm not really sure if that means he's going for defensive back or no, he... that's, that's hitch's area kind of Pennsylvania, Maryland. Okay. Like then that's, that makes that's sense. hitch's well, recruiting area. Cause I was trying to figure it out as he's here essentially as a wide receiver. Yeah. And, he's a slot receiver for sure. And uh, was, he, he had very fluid hips. I'll say that um, he was, making it look easy out there compared to, I mean, I think his talent level was a little bit different than a lot of the people who were there at the camp. Uh, there was a lot of young kids, honestly, at this particular camp, um, as you did have 200 kids there. Uh, some of which I'm not even sure were over four and a half feet tall. 
One, one, one of my guys had his kid there. I was excited. I was excited. I felt so bad for him when he slipped. What the the younger? No, forward? that was well, that that was a different. That was different. That was okay. um that was Coach Hancock at Wyoming. His son oh, was there. You're talking about Pennington. Slipped, no, and uh, yet another. I, this is how old I'm getting. Too much talking. Six uh, degrees I'm, of Chad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about a kid that I think is going to be very, very uh, coveted as he grows. He's only a 2025, 20, so he's got a long way to go. But he is a an incoming freshman in high school. He's already 6'2", 205. And he has a little bit of pedigree. His uncle was a pretty good football player. Went to Ohio State, right? No. Sheesh. He went to Alabama. I know he didn't go to Ohio State. He went to Alabama. Oh. And he played running back at Alabama. Oh. And then he played running back in the NFL for a little bit. Might have won one of those MVP things. Oh. Might have been on the cover of a Madden from Northern Kentucky, the greatest high school football player I've ever seen in ever. person. Ever. Ever seen in person. Ever. Sean Alexander. Sean his name Alexander. is his name is Austin Alexander. He goes to Cooper High School in Northern Kentucky. He is a 2025 recruit. His dad has one of the best stories in the history of college sports. Was was Sean Alexander there? No. No. Okay. No, but his but uncle his brother Duran was. was. That was his. That was his uncle. Or his brother. Yeah, yeah his brother. brother. Sorry. Um. So Duran is. I. Duran was a 1994 graduate of Boone County High School. Sean was a 1995 graduate of Boone County High School. Duran was in the drum line of Boone County. I was a drummer at Lloyd, which is a mile and a half from Boone County High School. So Duran and I, over the years, became friends. Mm-hmm. Duran, so Sean was being recruited by everybody. Everybody. I mean, he was a massive name in recruiting. He was one of the most dominant backs in high school football history. Right. So Notre Dame comes in and and provides Duran a full ride scholarship to come play drums at Notre Dame in the marching band. If no, not if. On the hope that. Getting Duran at Notre Dame would be the catalyst to getting his brother to agree to come be the running back at Notre Dame so that they could spend their college years together. It did not work. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sean went to Alabama. Duran happily uh, lived out, lived out his four year scholarship as a drummer uh, at Notre Dame. It used to, I used to love it because every week, you know, Notre Dame's on TV every week. Every week they'd show the Notre Dame drum line, and there was Duran playing his tenors. And you know, that knowing like, and Duran was a great drummer, don't get me wrong, but knowing like Notre Dame tried to play the game, like they, they tried to be slick and bring in Duran Alexander in order to get Sean Alexander, and it so, did not work out. Guess so, who else? Guess who else was what? also a drummer in high school? Huh. Not sure. Not sure. I thought you were going to say, guess who else was there? And then we were going to Guess gonna who else was a, a drummer bit. in high school? What, Travis Barker? No. <laughs> Fill us in. 
What what position did I say Austin Alexander projects as in college? Not sure you gave a position. You just said rush ru- rush end. Okay. Defensive end. Do, are are you familiar with the Greg Scruggs story? That Greg Scruggs was a drummer yes. in the Saint X band. Yes. For three are. years before switching mm-hmm. to football and, and playing football his final year in high school. Yeah. So uh, I, I would guess if they were to meet. That Duran Alexander, Austin Alexander's dad, mm-hmm. and Greg Scruggs would have a lot to talk about. Don't mm-hmm. you agree, Aaron, that those two guys would have a lot to talk about if they were ever to meet? I feel like if I saw that play out one day, it would it would look about the way that we all would expect that to play out. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm big. I think Austin Alexander is going to be really good. But yeah, Chad Pennington's kid was there who. He, did, he wasn't blonde, which shocked me. Shocked right, me. a little darker hair, a little darker hair than than Chad. Thought for sure he'd be toe headed, which I Chad was. Chad actually, when I left Marshall, I was in line to become the program director at WMUL, the student radio station. Um, but some other things came up, and I ended up chasing a girl, and ended up in Athens, Ohio, and whatnot, what have you. Uh, Chad ended up taking my job as the program director for the student radio station hmm. at Marshall. We had, we had we were in the same class, came in in, in the class of '95, and uh, had the same major, uh, sports communications. And Chad did better than I did. I feel like things Marshall. worked out kind of for everybody. It, yeah, it took a lot longer for me than it took for him. Yeah, but you know, it worked out. I, 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 I quizzed Aaron Brent. I was like, oh, look, this kid's name's Pennington and he's got an offer from Marshall. Oh, what's the significance of that? And Aaron was like, I don't, I don't know, man. Aaron. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> I was, listen, it, it was a long Saturday night. We were out in the heat. There was a lot going on there. It wasn't that he didn't answer. It's that he didn't care. I'm, right. not, like, sure. I don't, I'm not even I sure I said care. words. I probably just mumbled. Yeah, you were just like. <laughs> so, so Notre Dame went the Alexander route. So they 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 got Lil Romeo, but they didn't get Demar Derozan in that situation. Right, right. right. That's and then also there's Chad Pennington's kid, who Aaron didn't know. Chad went to Marshall. No, he but, knew. He just didn't make the connection of okay, okay. the Marshall offered to the last name. Mm. He wasn't. He wasn't in six degrees of separation mode. Okay. I said words and Aaron heard. <laughs> like, except when you were talking about your jeans and I was trying really hard not to laugh at you. This is the dumbest damn thing I've done in a long time. <laughs> it was so time. hot. It was Next so time. hot. Like, if I if I didn't get shorts, I, I would have been, like, just laid out there on Shakely Lawn, like... We would have had to get the medics. Medics set set up for you, man. The girl at the water table. The girl at the water table was looking at me like, "Are you gonna drink all of this fucking water?" And I was like, "Do you want me standing, or do you want me to pass out?" Like, we had two options here right now. Did you start giving tips after a while? Okay, thank you. Here's a dollar. They they were just on a first name basis at one point. Yeah. Well, let's transition to basketball real fast because obviously we could. It only took us 15 minutes to make that transition. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So uh, obviously, Chad, you you touched on what you were able to see and and hear and observations and whatnot. 
Um, I didn't say like, I saw anything. Right. I said the observations things I heard. Of it. Yeah, heard, heard and observations. Um, right. One thing that has happened since was uh, Mike Rayfelt put out the first Flex Friday Challenge winner, and that was none other than David DeJulius, which I think is is something important to see. Uh, just, you know, obviously veteran leadership, uh, player who's been there and, and, and been through the ups and downs and whatnot. So to see him as that Flex Friday Challenge winner. And then another thing that I like seeing was on the video today, none other than Victor Locken, who practiced yet again, knocking down a nice, smooth three-pointer. It seems like this team is really meshing. And like someone posted on the board, I believe it was, it was I forget who posted it, but so pardon me. But someone said it just seemed as if you see a lot more smiles and just general overall high aura, just just a strong bit of happiness among the team. And I mean, maybe it's because we didn't have that sort of video access last season, but I think this is it's got a completely different feel to it, and it's maybe, awesome seeing it. Maybe it's because they can go out and get pizza together after practice. Right. Right. I mean, the world opened back up. It's nice outside. Like, there's a there's a lot that's different. In all fairness, and, and I agree, there's a lot that's different. They also I, haven't I would, played a game yet. I would say the biggest difference is probably that there's been a lot more access granted for daily pictures and video, right. and um, it, it looks like we're gonna probably like, from my understanding, they're gonna they're gonna do workouts like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And then on like Friday, um, I think a lot of what we saw, there was a video that came out over the weekend mm -hmm. that uh, showed all the guys like a lot of shots being made and a lot of smiles. I think on Friday, Wes does some kind of like, uh, like a weekly shooting competition. Mm -hmm. That's tracked and monitored so that guys like, you know, can compete. Um I know he's big on that very much like we've seen Luke and, and Brady be big on that, where, you know, they have the, uh, the opening at the start of every spring practice and the start of every practice at camp where they have some kind of like random competition. I think Fridays are set aside for that like competition element for guys to kind of have some fun and, and compete and get some smiles on their face. Um, so I, I think the main part is that we're just seeing more. Yeah. Now, extrapolate from that what you will. It doesn't matter what I say. People will take whatever they want out of it. But um, maybe it's an access thing. Maybe it's a COVID thing. Maybe it's a million different things all coming together. But I do think we are getting uh, a higher level of access uh, from the official accounts that we have gotten in the past because of everything that's gone on over the past couple of days, I have not had a chance to, uh, dig much on, uh, uh, open. We're probably as things stand, if everything sticks to like, hopefully Kelly gets out of the hospital tomorrow and we've got a football camp on Thursday we might have a BCJ podcast. We might have to do it Wednesday this week. So if we do that Wednesday, hopefully I'll have some more 
conversations with people that have been privy to open gym. I, I, I didn't confirm this yet. I think it would be awesome if true. Uh, I heard there was a rumor, Carlick Jones, who was a local guy, Cincinnati guy, that had, had a lot of success in his college career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard he might have been on campus running some open gym with the guys today. But I, I didn't get to see that. I know that's one thing. Um, Wes wants as much of, obviously, they can't run open gym. They can't have any. But I know, like, as a philosophy, they want those guys running with as many really, really good players as they can possibly get them to run with. And that would make sense if, you know, they were able to, to get Carla Jones over running open gym on campus today. Which is what we heard from Steve Logan and, and you know, DeMar Johnson and Lenny Stokes when we had them on James White, just about the off-season open gyms that they had and how heated they got and how right. excited they were, which is, I, I mean, that Smith League thing is so mind-boggling how no college players are allowed to play in it. And I, I don't know why the NCAA doesn't want any open Again, gym. there's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of stuff you got to do. If you want to be certified, you right. better go through the process to get certified. And, and you can't be upset if you don't because it's – it's kind of in your control. Right. Which, which is awesome that they have these open gyms. And, you know, I, you, I, I think someone mentioned Darren, Darren Cumberland was playing in one, just having just yeah. high level players at the gym accessibility at, I mean, it's not, it's awesome to hear the different accounts or, you know, see the accounts on the board and whatnot, just, just the team molding together and the, the high level ability that some of the players have. I, I think it's a, hopefully even more tidbits come throughout. Now, Brent, did First, you see that? Did you see that picture of of Wes, where he was? I, I want to say, underneath the bleachers at Nippert, and people were picking apart some some things in that picture. I I did not see the picture. He was he was wearing Let's, Nike. Oh yes, yes, that picture. Okay, yeah, and I, who knows if Jumpman comes back? Jumpman, Jumpman, Jumpman. That boy's up to something, you know what I mean? Who knows? There's, there's still a couple of years though on the buyout. <laughs> is, is there's, there? There's well, technically, aren't they just supplying gear for? Well, technically, they're getting payments through next April, I think. Right. I think April of 2022 is when the payments stop. I'm guessing they're going to want all of their payments. Once they've already been paid all of their money. Hmm. Freedom. <laughs> right. And of course, everyone's going to. That's just my guess on it. That's just my guess on it. I, I don't know that for sure. But that's my like reading the tea leaves. They're not leaving any money on the table. I don't know how it would work if Under Armour still has to pay those payments. If, mm-hmm. if they go with somebody else in the meantime. Right. Um, but I know, like, I wouldn't want to risk it. I, you want to get all of that money that was settled upon, agreed upon. Right. We're already like, if there was a switch, right. I don't think they could get uniforms and gear done by the in, time in time. Yeah. Football starts. So if you were hypothetically working on a change behind the scenes and the money that Under Armour owes you is all paid by April of 2022. Right. Eh, 
That would make sense to me. That's just me thinking logically, me thinking out loud. Just hurry up and wait. 2022, April 2022 is less than a year away. Hurry up and wait. We're not, it's not, you won't see anything different this year. Either way, we're in June. It's almost, we're a week from the middle of June already. How the hell did this happen? People were picking (laughs) apart the fact that you couldn't see an Under Armour logo on his shirt, for God's sake. Which was mysterious. Was it not? It was that. There wasn't an Under Armour. Maybe it was on the, the, in between the the shoulder blades or something. But there wasn't an Under Armour logo in that picture. And he's, he's wearing blatant Jordans, too. Just like the they new loud Jordans. Jordans. The, they, weren't, they weren't sneaky Jordans. They were Jordan Jordans. Like, the, this is my for year real, one. For real. Right. Here are my welcome to the Jordan era. But, yes, everyone touches on that. Every former player on any podcast always says they have connections to the Jordan brand, which obviously there is. And, and I sent you guys a video. Um, you did which was pretty cool i like rosie o'donnell the rosie o'donnell show how about that you've said too much had had michael jordan had michael jordan on it and michael jordan was showcasing the cincinnati warm-ups in the cincinnati jersey Snay on the O-Zero a-o-do-not-o-a okay pretend (laughs) i didn't say her name but the michael jordan part showcasing the jordan brand jerseys that was in 1998 it was like a, a, a hot new fit out there. So, who so who's, who's the bigger deal rocking UC gear? Is it Michael Jordan or is it Tupac? Well, I mean, I think you'll only be able I to think see it's a great one debate. rocking it. That's well, a great I debate. Mean, it's, <laughs> it's fucking Jordan gear. The answer is Jordan. Yeah. I'm just saying, you, I think you could have an actual debate on that. I, I don't. If it was something else, maybe. People, People but still, it's the gear that Michael Jordan built. People still argue about LeBron and Jordan for reasons unbeknownst to me. So, I think if Jordan walked into the to the Hornets facility rocking a, a Cincinnati hoodie or something, I think I think that would be. Place I think explode. that would be more. Of, well, if if Tupac walked into the Hornets <laughs> facility rocking, yeah. Well, so then, yeah. I think that would be more like you he's know. got a lot of questions to answer. <laughs> he's, he's been a hologram before, right? Let's let's do that all over. People again. would have to say Wes Miller is just simply next level. I cannot you know believe the story Tupac that, is walking through the Charlotte Hornets. You know the life. story of Tupac and the 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 UC, the UC gear, right? Corey Blunt. Yeah, Corey gave it to him. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Huh? Did you did you know that, Aaron? I just want to show of hands if you're surprised. It was, I it mean, was Corey and Nikki V. Yeah, they were in L.A. with the Lakers. The Lakers Obviously, fans. when you're a Laker, you're hanging out with Tupac. They were like, I'm "Just yeah, this not, sh- this shit su- is this shit is the hottest shit in the streets." Not surprised. And Tupac was like, "I agree." That's where he got it from. Was Corey? I mean, AJ McGinnis knocking down a corner three in a, in a jump man jersey. Oof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. But uh, yes. It would be interesting. It would be the next step of the evolution. There's clear and obvious connections from top to bottom through the whole thing. Thank you for bringing back the uh, the whole picture, Aaron. That was a, a good thing because it, it obviously was. You had to refresh my, my memory a little bit. But then when you said that, yes, I immediately put two and two together. I mean, I'm good for something. Not always good for nothing. 
you were good for an Ethan Green article. Man, that was awesome. Are we, are we going to go back to, to football and recruiting again? No, 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 no. Just just, just a, a, a tip of the cap to you. Thank you. I, you do a I, good job. Oh, wow. Oh Chad, Chad's coming back with a, with a jump man. He's with, wearing the, with the a warm jump up. man warm up on. Unreal. Jump man, jump man, jump man. That boy is up to something. Chad Brendel. How about that? You know, hey, Chad, Chad, put that back on. Put your put your headphones in. He can't hear anything. We have to keep talking so it's not he's, just dead air. Yes, yes, that that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, he is Chad, putting it back on. Chad's putting it back on. Well done. Uh, it is a it's a one of those a short sleeve warm ups. And and Chad, I do have to tell you something. I used to have that right, and then not, I went not like not like this one. Well, so so I went to uh, I, so I went to the same high school as Alex Hoffman. Alex Hoffman played offensive line at at the University of Cincinnati, obviously. And me being the young high school kid that I was was like, "Yo, Alex, you're you're going to Cincinnati? Here, have this really awesome Jordan Brand warm up." He was gonna get it when he got here, you dumbass. I know. I'm just saying you're you're bringing back a little PTSD for me. And I miss it. So, Alex, if you're listening, I'd like that back. I know you, you probably don't still have it, but it would be awesome if you did. We should get him on the pod to discuss. He, we should. Unreal. Because, gosh, he owes me. <laughs> he does. He really does. Maybe really, this really is does. it. I know. That could be it. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Maybe this is it. Golly. Oh, well. All six, wait, what? six three what? and 200 pounds of him. Yes. What, what year was that? I was what back in two thousand seven. Oh, this one doesn't have a number. Two thousand six, two thousand seven. So many moons ago, I had a friend. Put it back on. I'll put a picture of this up on on the internet and see what people think. This is this is as vintage. Like <laughs> I could make a lot of money on this thing on eBay tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Um. Maybe we'll uh, we'll put a picture up, okay. and 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 see what people think. But I, I got uh, many 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 moons ago. Somebody was like, "Hey, I've got a bag." They were they were a manager back during the the Huggins years. Hey, I got a bag of like old practice gear. You want it? Mm. Yes. Yeah, I want it. <laughs> I want the whole bag. I would have said yes, even if it was the the Adidas tiger stripes or whatever like the the gray and pink i got a lot of that stuff when they switched to under armor because nobody could wear their under armor stuff or nobody could wear their adidas stuff around the office anymore right so i got a, a good deal of that in the purge from uh from adidas to under armor but nothing quite like quite like this bad boy which is a actual game worn shooting jacket yep brent young wore i know <laughs> pretty cool man what what game did you play in? you know what when they when they invite the kids down you know here was the hilarious part about the bag of stuff that i got like there was a large chunk of that stuff that was designed for the like seven footers yeah so i got some like warm-up pants that were like 3xl and literally like you could you could put them on my ceiling and the ankles would touch the floor. David Narsucks, right? 
I'm no, joking. great, I'm great, That's... great David. I, I've told this before. I think great David Narsuk story. In the off season, he would work with uh, one of the work for one of the companies around town that are like big boosters of UC, and uh, he would help them do like some construction stuff. And they would have him help with like hanging wallpaper because he could just <laughs> hang the wall. He could just reach up <laughs> at the top of the ceiling and hang the wall. He didn't need a ladder. <laughs> Doing a great job, Big Dave. Keep it up. Man. He was he was the human. Like I'll just I I'll stand here and hold this for you. I just I've, love how how small your tw- arms look. <laughs> I've yeah, I've seen twenty eight rains. I think this probably belonged to one of those. Yeah, I could do the St. Joe's like uh fat like flat. Oh, gosh. I think you forget. Thing. I think you forget what the style was back then. Everything was big and baggy. Yeah, but I mean, isn't Wes Miller in one of those pictures wearing like the one of the oh yeah biggest oh, and yeah. baggiest uniforms oh, yeah. ever? Oh yeah, this is. Oh, this is only an XL, so this was probably a guard. Right, but they but right. they, they say <laughs> it's XL. Probably that's like you know that's yeah. an XL. This was probably a guard. The the big men wore three or four XL back in those days. Trust me, I've got some of the like the the tearaway, the tearaway oh, yeah. sweatpants. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, how about that surprise that I pulled out of the, the, the cobwebs for you? This went off the rails. Let's get to the mailbag. Anything so, really fast. Fine. So um, do you have any update on Leon Bond's official visit? Are they trying to get him and Sean Jones on campus at the same time or with some type of overlap? No, pay attention. I would say pay attention. Sean Jones. Tomorrow is is visiting Wednesday. Wednesday, Leon Bond next weekend. No, this coming weekend. Which, but, which but to me is next weekend. Yeah. Why would it be next weekend? Because this past weekend, this upcoming weekend is next. That would be this upcoming weekend. Well, this weekend. If you hang over from Sunday into, yeah, we're a month. We're on Monday. Sunday hangovers. I know. Yeah. This weekend is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Somebody's coming up a, this some, week. You know, some, somebody's got a case of the Mondays. All right. <laughs> uh, so Jones, Jones is expected to be here Wednesday. Uh, Leon Bond is expected to be here at some point in time this weekend for his official visit. So, uh, but 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 Wednesday is a big day. One, Sean Jones, and two, a twenty twenty three that I just think has Bearcat written all over it. In Dalen Swain. I love me some Dalen Swain. Oozes Bearcats. Doubling down on Leon Bond questions. Is there any insight on the Wisconsin recruiter Evan Flood placing a crystal ball prediction for Marquette with Leon Bond? Uh, Leon Bond is from Milwaukee. So if I had to guess, Marquette is going to be very tough to beat for Leon Bond. I I have said that. I, I think. I think right now, if I had to handicap that race, I think UC is sitting in second. Uh, do I think they are a distant second? No, but they're second. So if, if I had, if I was gun to my head, place a crystal ball for Leon Bond. I love this game. It would be Marquette because that's the, but it's a new staff, right? So this is not a situation where Leon Bond is dealing with like Woj no matter how bad you think Woj is, Woj landed, you know, some quality kids to Marquette. 
you know, if Woj had a two year relationship with Leon Bond, it might be a slam dunk. It, it, you know, if it was Woj, he if he went to, and I, I haven't seen um, any reports on whether he was supposed to go to Marquette for an unofficial visit June first to open up the recruiting period. I have not seen confirmation on whether that happened or not. But if it was a slam dunk, like the commitment could have very easily happened already. Mm-hmm. So get him on campus, make your sales pitch see where things are at. Like I said, uh, on the board for a while now, since Leon Bond came up, Mike Roberts has been recruiting Leon Bond longer than anyone recruiting Leon Bond. Archie Miller didn't bite on Mike Roberts request to go hard after Leon Bond, but Mike Roberts has had a relationship with Leon Bond for a long time. So I'm not ruling Cincinnati out until the ink is dry. But if I was if I was to handicap the race, you have to think the home team in this situation is is going to be the team to beat. So I, I don't think much of it um, yet. But I mean, I think Marquette is going to be like the challenge. If you can beat Marquette for Leon Bond, you've you've pulled off a big one. So with big ones being thought of here is Paul McMillan on campus today. He did visit campus today. Uh, got the, got the tour, got the, the full, full treatment. Uh, from my understanding does not uh, have the offer yet because they want to see him this summer, which I think is the right move. Um, some guys are automatic. I don't think Paul McMillan is in that automatic range yet. I think you need to see how he looks this summer. A lot of, a lot of that is, I don't really want to get into this, but I think there is a good deal of that, that has been created by, are you guys there? Uh Mm Uh-oh. Okay. Um, I froze for a second. I, I think a lot of that has been created by Paul played on like four AAU teams this spring. And coaches aren't getting to watch in person. And as you're jumping from AAU team to AAU team, you're learning new teammates every week. You know, he, he opened playing with, with Spies in the heat. He played with uh, Yipsy Prep, which was Imani Bates' team. Then Imani Bates left his own team to go play for team final. That was a bold move. Um <laughs> You know, and Team Bates, it's it's called Team Bates. And Imani Bates left them to play for another AAU team. <laughs> but then he, he played for a team that, that his dad, Paul Sr., created after that. So he's bounced around a lot. It's hard to really get a feel watching on tape when you're talking about a guy that's not playing with anybody he really has that chemistry playing with. So I think the right thing to do is, is you take the evaluation of Paul McMillan into the summer and, and you say, go earn it. And if he goes and earns it, he gets the offer and, and you push. I, I'm guessing it probably wasn't um, a decision that was like rejoiced by the McMillan camp, but this is a staff, much like we saw from Mick Cronin, this is a staff that's going to be brutally honest with you. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> and part of that brutal honesty is we need to see you when we get back out on the road in June and July. And if you perform at, at, at the highest level, then you'll get the offer and, and everything will work itself out. So I think that's where things are at with Paul. Worked with uh, Gary Clark. So, I mean, so, that was the, that was, that was the, the, the Larry Davis trap on Gary Clark, which mm -hmm. I, Oh boy, I argued with LD so much about his philosophy on that. <laughs> and I was proven wrong. Larry's philosophy right. ended up working because it, it made Larry, it made Gary respect the fact that UC made him work and earn that offer. So we'll see if that's the path things go with Paul McMillan. So Killer V says, how do you begin, begin integrating even the smallest amount of Bearcat baseball chat into the pod from seeds, mighty oaks grow? I don't have, I don't have time in the spring. To, I wanted to have to, a tiny little snippet if, but then they lost, which was, which, which was pretty sad, but I mean, we could have had gentle on for a little bit or, or, or something. Yeah. Else, I mean, but... uh, the answer is to have Jeff gentle on because gentle is, is immersed in that. Like he, he pays attention to as many games as he possibly can. Right. I, especially coming through the end of basketball season through spring football and then into the spring basketball recruiting season in a general year, I, I don't have time to know what I need to know. Here's, here's what I think people maybe don't fully grasp until you've done something like this. If you don't know what you're talking about, it is evident immediately, mm -hmm. right? If you try to fake it, if we tried to fake UC baseball talk here right now, it wouldn't work. Like we would know the relevant names, a couple starting pitchers, a couple of the key hitters. But the reason like this works and the reason the Bearcat Journal, the BCJ podcast works is because we all have intimate knowledge of the basketball roster. We all have intimate knowledge of the football roster. We can go deep with Brady on the freshmen that are coming into campus. We can go deep with Wes Miller on the guys that he just brought into the program. You know, like we can, we, we, this works because we know as much as humanly possible about the topics at hand. I don't know enough about baseball to do it. Maybe there comes a time where we can like during baseball season, I'd love to have a weekly baseball podcast. I don't know that other than producing, I don't know that I could be involved with it because I just don't know enough, but I would love to for the baseball board have a killer V baseball podcast next year. You in even huh? once, once every other week, I've got another buddy who knows a little bit about the baseball too. I, you know what? Just, I mean, who knows? Just depends how much he wants to water those seeds. Hey, hey. Right. <laughs> All right. I can't do it because I, I've tried to do more like in my, my knowledge of the baseball program, right. because I, I'm a, I'm a baseball guy. I'm a huge baseball guy. I grew up playing baseball as much as anything, but I just don't like the way that the season falls. 
when it starts is right at the end of basketball season, like coming right down the stretch of conference play, conference tournament, NCAA tournament. By the time you get done with the NCAA tournament, they're already like halfway through conference play. Right. And then, and then spring football hits right as soon as the NCAA tournament ends, basically like it just presents something in my, my window of time that I, I've tried and I just can't fully like be up to speed the way I would need to be to do, to do a base, a baseball podcast. But if, if we got people out there that are interested in doing a baseball podcast, I'll listen. My DMS are open. Hit me up. There you go. And the last question of the night has Abdul Ado practiced yet? Not yet. Hopefully this week is the, he's still, I think there's some like a little bit more testing that he has to go through this. The, the COVID stuff has just thrown everything upside down on when guys get to campus and when you can get them cleared and, and all of that, you know, red tape that you have to jump through. Um, hopefully he will be on the practice court at some point in time this week. But, but with him, doesn't it, he kind of seems like one of those veterans that yes, you want to get him up to speed with your style, but he's kind of probably seen a lot of what they're doing and a lot of the prerequisites. Well, he's, a, he's allowed you know? to be there and watch and right. like, he's allowed to be around. Um, he just has to like, he got, like I said, he was, I think he was the last guy that got to campus outside of John Newman, who's still mm-hmm. finishing his degree at Clemson. He's the last guy that got to campus. So, you know, there, there's a little, you know, all the, the red tape that they have to jump through to, to get everybody cleared and make sure that they're good to go. So hopefully at some point in time this week, uh, Abdul will be cleared to practice. Amen. I think that's, that's, we had a late entry, but it was for Brady 22 minutes ago. So we have, we, that's been answered for them. Like, and we talked about as many of the freshmen as we could possibly talk about. So yeah, you can read his excitement level. It's it's been two hours. I will say once Chad gets this posted, um, I'm going to start putting the uh, the minutes up again. I know I've gotten away from that, and that's that's my fault. But I've helped you out from time to time. You have one one whole. It's time a team effort here. One whole time, I did it three times. Did you? Yes. I didn't go back and check the comments. Apparently. Oh, you're okay. You're okay. You always a team I, effort. It's always a team effort. Big things are coming for the BVP. Ooh. Big things are coming. I would bet on it. Are you are you saying you bet on us? I am gonna bet on us, yes. I'm really betting fair. on us. Fair I'm, enough. I'm putting 260 down on it. <laughs> oh god. Do that again. Right. We're, we're, that's the target for when we <laughs> when we start. No, we'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. I'd bet I'd bet on us though. If I was yes. if I was you, I'd bet on us. Amen. Amen. Anything else from you guys? I know, obviously, we we go with these marathons, and they always end up being content-filled and and fully loved. So anything else before we close this one out, guys? I just suggest people to listen at one and a half times. It's way easier to listen to. One and a half times actually sounds crisp, beautiful. It'll change your mind. Chef's kiss. Yes, it'll change your mind. If if you pull it up on the Apple Pod, it's on the bottom left on your phone. Just click the one times. It goes to 1.2 times. And heck, if you even want to and you feel like you're really jazzed up, 
you can go two times, and it, it, that one's crazy. Oh, God. I couldn't imagine myself in two times. You got to oh, be on Cafecito to actually <laughs> be able to take that incorrectly. It is a lot of fun. But uh, if you guys have nothing else, let's go ahead and close it out. No? I'm good. Right. Well, cool. for my good friends, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, yet again, I am Brent Young. This was the BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!